Hey there, this is Pastor John Ware, lead pastor of Lifehouse Newport News, a church that exists to help all people experience life change through Christ. Thank you for joining us today on our podcast. We hope it inspires you and gives you perspective to see how God is moving in your life. Now let's get to today's episode. So we're, we're continuing in our, our, our third uh, installment of At The Movies. And people are like, well, why in the world are we continuing to do this series called At The Movies? Well, the reason is because every, well, this past year, we, it was over 210 million people that went to the movies. $12 billion was spent at the movies. That's pretty significant. And if we think about it, that really tells us how movies and how the arts can influence our culture. Amen? And really, nothing could be more true of that than the movie Star Wars. Star Wars is a trilogy, well, as a series of movies that started out in the 1970s, 1977 to be exact. And it started all, I know, I, woo, woo, anybody born in 1977? <laughs> and then in 80, there was episode 5, and then episode 6 in 83. It instantly became a worldwide pop culture phenomenon. And so over the last 40 years, this one franchise has grossed over $70 billion at the box office and in merchandising. It's got 10 movies that have been out and an 11th that's coming out this December. So Star Wars has been pretty significant in that it's, Probably, let me just ask it real quick, by just a, just a round of applause. If you've seen a Star Wars movie, just, just clap for a second. <laughs> Amen. So all of us are familiar with this thing, right? So basically, if you haven't seen it, let me just give you a little bit of background. So it's set in the future in a galaxy far, far away. <laughs> and the story primarily centers around an evil empire and the rebel forces that are opposing them. There's humans, aliens, droids, and, you know, who can forget the, the, the blasters? Pew, 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 pew. And, you know, every kid's favorite weapon that they never, could, they never could get, but they wanted it. Everybody wanted that lightsaber. You know you. Oh, my gosh. That was the coolest, that was the coolest thing, right? I remember playing swords with that thing. You know, and who can forget the mystical power of the Force, Right? Described as the energy field created by all living things that binds the galaxy together. Those that were skilled in the force had, you know, they had those superpowers. They could, they could do that uh, telekinesis, that uh, Jedi mind trick. I tried that on my dad. It never worked. So I just never was strong. The force was never strong with me. I tried it. It never worked. They also could see into the future. And they could do that thing. Y'all know what uh, Thor does when he puts his hand out there. And his hammer just like, like it goes to his hand. Like they could do that. They, they, could, they could do that. See, they, they copied that from, from, from the Jedi. See, they, 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 they copied that. And so this, those that, could, that were skilled in the force, could, they had these powers. There were the Jedi, who were the good guys, who were the peacekeepers of the galaxy. And then you had the Sith, who's, who what they did was, was manipulate people and through fear and aggression. You know, but the story isn't just about fighting. 
it's, it homes in on the story of a, a man named Anakin Skywalker, believed by the prophecy to be the one that, was the, that would end the war, this age-long war that they were in, and that would bring balance to the force, right? And so let me ask you this question. Ask your neighbor, say, neighbor, which side of the force are you on? What better way to start a sermon about, um, you know, Star Wars than to use my favorite, fr- our favorite furry and small friend Yoda? I like Yoda because he's green, he's my height, and you know what? I can relate to, he was the one first person that I could relate to in the series. I would say, yes, absolutely. I love Yoda, and he was wise. Yoda, in his own words, would say, fear is the path to the dark side. It is. Fear leads to anger, and anger leads to hate. And hate leads to suffering. Amen? That would be what, that would be, I always wanted to be Yoda, but I wasn't green enough. So look, the dark side was angered in fear and in anger. And see, Yoda knew that Anakin's biggest challenge would not be defeating a Sith, but it actually would be to, to control his own emotions and his thoughts. And if he didn't control them, that he actually could be led to the dark side. In a vision, Anakin saw his wife Padme, as Mike Knapp told me this morning, Padme, he saw her dying during childbirth. He'd already had experienced loss before, and he had decided that he was not going to let this thing happen no matter what at any cost. And so because of that, acting out of fear, Anakin was seduced into choosing the dark side, thinking that it would help him to save her, but it actually didn't. So why is fear so prevalent and and such a powerful weapon? Well, the truth is that fear paralyzes us. It causes us to worry about things that we shouldn't worry about. It can overtake us and really can actually cause us to act irrationally, if, 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 if we're honest. Our realities really kind of change when we believe something that we fear. Think about it. We literally take the worst case scenario and accept it as truth even before it happens. It's like living in virtual reality. Regardless of what the truth and the facts are, if it's real to us, then it just became real. Our perception is our reality. And so what we end up doing is we either run from this thing or we try to prevent a certain uh, outcome from from happening, especially if we're scared of it. Y'all know what I mean. Like, uh, anybody in here ever avoided having a tough conversation with a spouse? Somebody said, every day, Jesus. Hopefully not. Every day shouldn't be tough now. (laughs) Anybody, anybody, I mean... Avoided that conversation with family members or, or, or didn't want to be account or, or, or avoided accountability for maybe a mistake or, or, or a failure that took place. You see, what happens when, 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 when we find ourselves in those situations, anxiety starts to, to rile up. So fear unchecked can lead to anxiety. And so anxiety grows when our circumstances seem to spiral out of control. Ever got a bad health report? Gone to the doctor and he told you something that you didn't want to hear? Or you got an, or an, you got an unexpected expense? 
or maybe you got to go get your car inspected before the end of the month like I do, and you just hope that they don't tell you that you got to buy all new tires so you can go to work on Tuesday. Okay, maybe that's just me. But what happens is when we think that these things might happen, we find ourselves trying to control it. Amen? And we, want, we don't want that thing to happen. So we put a lot of effort and energy into trying to control the situation. But sometimes the more that we try to control the situation, the more it gets out of control. And then you try to grip onto it even harder. You try even harder, but it's not working. Then you get frustrated even more until you just blow up. Can anybody relate? But what happens is when this thing, when we, we cannot allow fear to frustrate us and take us to that place where it overtakes us and starts to control not only our emotions but our actions as well. Because the truth is when we find ourselves and, and fear is, is, is present, these are the times when we have to use that fear to point us towards the direction of God. David, when, when David was being chased, David said in Psalms 56.3, he said, when I am afraid, I put my trust in you. We have to put our trust in God when we find ourselves in situations where fear arises. And let me tell you something. It's okay to admit that you scurred. It's okay to admit that you scurred. It, it, I, I mean, it's funny because sometimes Christians roll around, but they say, I got the love of God. I got the peace of God in my heart, and, 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 and I'm not scared of anything. But see, the, for the interesting thing is that the first deception of fear is denying that you're actually scared in the first place because you can't come out of anything that you don't, in fact, acknowledge first. If you're still, if you don't acknowledge it, you won't address it, then you're still stuck in it so you won't try to get out. There's a reason why I still haven't rolled the griffin at Bush Gardens. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying. My, now granted, that ride been there about 10, 11, 12 years. I don't know, been there a minute, standing in the same spot. And I walk by, I walk right by in the same spot. Now, my 11-year-old son has been on that ride uh, many times. Daddy, you want to get in? Nope, I'm good. I'm good. I ain't got nothing to prove no more. It might not be probably just common sense, but I have no desire to hang upside down like that. No, I'm going to keep my feet on the ground where I know it's going to hit my next step right there. I know where I'm going to be at, but I don't have anything to prove. See, Tell your neighbor that if you're scared, acknowledge it. See, then take that fear and give it to God so he can replace it with peace. Because he tells us in his word that those that keep their mind stayed on him, he will give them perfect peace. He will keep them in perfect peace. We can trust the character of God over our circumstances. And God is faithful. He will walk with us. He promises to do that if we, in fact, trust him and allow him to take those things and replace it with what it is that he desires. Amen? So as Yoda says, we must not give in to the dark side. So anger unchecked not only leads to anxiety, but also can lead to wrath. Psalms 37, 8 says, refrain from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not yourself because it tends to only to evil. Wrath is any action done out of unbridled anger. It leads to evil. James chapter 1, verse 19 and 20 says, know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear. Somebody say, quick to hear. 
Somebody say, slow to speak and slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Anybody in here ever been so mad that you couldn't think straight? Oh, Jesus. And if you got kids, I know you know what I'm talking about. Round of applause if you know what I'm talking about. When they do something and you get them, you don't even give them English. But I don't know what that was when my dad used to do that, but I do that, man. Don't say nothing and walk away. I mean, you, you, you know what that is. Anybody ever seen somebody so angry that they started crying? I mean, I'm talking... I'm talking about that, that, that um, my wife calls it the, the crazy cry, that, that crazy cry. When you just, you start letting out noises, you can't, ah, you can't, you like, ah, like with the world, what is that? What, what is that, that emotion then welled up so much, no, no words, are, you're not articulating anything, but you're making these sounds, and the anger come, is coming out. That is, that is what anger can do if we allow it to, to over take us. I can remember being in an argument with my wife where she started doing that and I knew what that meant, which was to walk out. I walked out down the street in the middle of the night, just walked down the street, yelling to the sky. You know how crazy it is to see a man walking down the middle of the street at 11 o'clock at night yelling at the sky? Don't make, see, see, anger will have you out there looking a fool. And looking crazy. This is what anger will do if we allow it to overtake us. And you say, why? Because truth is that when we take offense of something, that is the bait of Satan. Offense is the bait of Satan. Offense is the devil's playground. It's the place where we can find ourselves turning to the dark side. We can find ourselves turning our hearts, turning away from people and even potentially even God. Most most of, I mean, truth be told, most of the stuff that gets us angry, we don't even know the whole story anyway, if we're honest. But we like to hold on to those few things that offend us, and then we guard it like it's our social security number. And I know people say, well, you know, time fixes all things, but that's not necessarily true. Time don't fix that. Time don't fix that because if we don't deal with that anger and that frustration, what happens is, is that every single time that we think about that particular issue, that particular incident, we relive that thing all over. We feel all the same emotions all over. We get angry and offended all over, and it's a vicious cycle, and we will act like it just happened yesterday when it was 10 years ago. Amen. Anybody in here know what I'm talking about? Amen. This is how marriages are, are, are broken. This is how best friends that have been friends for 20 years don't talk anymore. This is how people lose their jobs. Or, or even sometimes there's a loss of life because we hold on to something that is internally killing us. Jesus instructed us not to be so easily offended. Tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, don't be so soft. Don't be so soft. Because context and self-control will actually defeat offense. These three things we should do is found in James chapter 1. First, listen. First, listen, but not listening to respond. Listening for truth to understand. Second, which is definitely for me, be slow to speak. 
especially if you say a lot of words and you can't remember half the things you said. And my wife got like a terabyte worth of memory. You know, she got a couple. Of t- you remember what you, I didn't even say that. You said on December 14th. Not- I said that. I'm sorry. But being slow to speak. And the third thing is being being slow to anger. Why? Because the very thing, very grace that we've been given, we have to remember to give it to others. I mean, think about it. Why is it that when we cut people off, it's just an accident? I didn't mean to do that. But when everybody else cuts you off, they did that mess on purpose. It can't always be that. You know, it, it, it can't always be on purpose when they do it and not when you do it. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And see, and you may be in your feelings, and that's okay, but see, your feelings can betray you. Your feelings will tell you that your actions are justified. Your feelings will tell you go hard or go home. Then think about the consequences later. But see, this can lead to so many reckless words, regrets, and sometimes irreparable damage. And I'm not saying that we should ignore our feelings, but rather we should engage them properly in the light of God's words. Our feelings really should be treated like turn signals and not, steer, not a steering wheel. Our feel, when we acknowledge our feelings, what they really do is reveal the condition of our own heart and what it is that we really need to bring to God. Yes, they said that, but you got angry about it. But what was it in you that triggered that? That was a trigger to something that was inside you. You got, I get angry, I get frustrated. Why? Not because of what's going on with what they said, but what was going on in, in, inside of me. So if I'm angry about what they said and I have not taken a look at what is on the inside of me, I find myself fighting the wrong fight. I'm stuck in this place that I can't get out of because rather than deal with the inner me, the the one that God wants to change, I'm too busy trying to change the stuff that people are doing. We ought to treat our feelings as turn signals and not as our steering wheel. Be angry, but sin not. Don't let the sun go down on our wrath because wrath is destructive and we can't always control the consequences. Amen? We find out that anger also distorts and it alienates. So look, Padme, which was Anakin's wife, right? She didn't actually believe that Anakin had turned to the dark side when um, Obi-Wan, which was Anakin's master, came and told her all of the evil things that Anakin had done. She could not believe it. So she had to, she was pregnant and everything. Oh my gosh, she was pregnant. She had to get on her spaceship and fly her own spaceship all the way to this other planet where he was to ask him, what's wrong with you? And when she got there, she was, she was surprised at the fact that, that Anakin actually had turned. And, and she told him that you are breaking my heart, Anakin, and the path that you're going down, I cannot follow. Anakin felt betrayed because also on, that, on her plane was Obi-Wan. And so, and so what Anakin said was, hey, you brought him here to kill me? 
And so he turned on her. But the interesting thing is, is that Anakin turned to the dark side to get enough power to save her from dying in childbirth. But now because he was so angry and that anger had distorted his, his vision and understanding of the truth, he now looked at the one who actually loved him as being an enemy. This is the very thing that anger does. It distorts the truth, and it ends up alienating us. So Anakin found himself, he, he starts to choke her, and she almost died. You, was, you went to the dark side to save her, but now you are hurting her. And he thought that she was dead at the time, or at least it looks like she was, but she wasn't. But at that time, Anakin had nothing left but his allegiance to the dark side and to the emperor. You see, when we find ourselves in that place where we're alienated, we start to tell ourselves that no one loves us, no one cares, no one understands internally. Then externally, we start to tell people that I don't need you, you can't help me, get away. We push them away because we're convinced that nobody's really for us. We close ourselves off from help, love, comfort, all of these things when we find ourselves overtaken by anger because it distorts and it alienates. Amen? But see, anger also deceives. Somebody say deceives. Think about it. It deceives like the serpent in the garden. If you look at, if you look at Satan, right, Satan never really made Eve do anything. He never really made her do anything, but he influenced her until she did it to herself. And, once, and, this, and this is the deception. Once you believe something is true, your actions and your thoughts originate from that place until it is replaced with a new truth. Once Eve had accepted that, that the serpent's statements were true, then she started to think that, you know what, maybe this fruit is good to eat. Maybe this fruit will make me wise. Maybe this fruit will make me more like God. But she was already like God in the first place. But since she had taken on a new truth, her thoughts and her actions started to originate from a different place. This is how people are overtaken in lies and falsehoods. Be careful who it is that you confide in. Because the Bible says that there is safety in counsel. Wise counsel, not just any counsel. Everybody don't need to know your business. Amen? Amen. Look, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 33 says, Do not be deceived. Bad company ruins good morals. Ephesians 5, 6, 8 says, Let no one deceive you with empty words. Now look, some people mean well, while others don't. But now you should never follow the, the advice of someone who's egging you on to act out of anger. Are you going to let them talk to you like that? You're going to let him, girl, you're going to let him, you won't let him do that? You're going to let him stay out there like that? All they're doing is what? They're appealing to our flesh and trying to get us what? Angry. Angry. And what happens when we start getting angry? If you stay there in that place of anger long enough, eventually you're going to take what? action. And the funny thing is, is that when we get there, we know what we're about to do is wrong. We know what we're about to do is wrong, but internally, what do we do? We justify it because we say they did it to us, so we're about to what? Do it to them because what? They deserved it. 
We, we make wrong become right, and we fully justify our actions no matter it's wrong or right, regardless of whatever the truth is. That is dangerous. Paul didn't kill Christians because he thought it was evil. He actually thought that he was doing a service to God by getting rid of these evildoers, these blasphemers, these people who were going against the word of God. He thought he was doing the right thing, but he was deceived and he wasn't at that time. You see, the depravity of our hearts are explicitly seen when we can no longer tell the difference between what is right, what is good, and what is evil. You see, the enemy is really the inner me. The enemy is really the inner me. James chapter 1, verse 12 through 15 says, Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no man. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desires. Then Desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. Now, the thing here is that Palpatine, the evil chancellor, he had tapped into a place where Anakin was weak and Anakin was vulnerable. He wanted his wife to live, and that's admirable. But when, instead of accepting that and, and, and loving her with the time that he had, he was willing to do anything and everything possible in order to save her. That is what led to him turning to the dark side. And he knew that the chancellor was giving him advice that was wrong. And he had many, many, many times to, to walk away from the evil influence of the chancellor. But the more the chancellor talked, the more he, re- he thought that the possibility of saving her was, 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 was an option. He thought it was. So look, the thing here is that what the scripture tells us is that, temp- that temptation Temptation really comes from what is on the inside of us. Temptation isn't necessarily bad, but what it should do is it should show us and it exposes us what is on the inside of us. Jesus could not be tempted. When he was in the wilderness, he told Satan, Satan, you find nothing on the inside of me. So when we are tempted, we really should ask, what is it that's on the inside of me that the enemy is trying to exploit? If you don't, if you don't have the desire to drink alcohol, you ain't going to drink alcohol. That ain't a temptation for you. If you don't have the, the desire to smoke cigarettes or, or to, to do drugs, that's not going to be a temptation for you. But maybe you don't always tell the truth. Maybe you're not always honest. And that's where the temptation is. And the thing is, is that it's different for every single person. And we need to make sure that we not create levels of, 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 of sin and, and put somebody else down but because, you know, we don't do the same thing that they do because, and we think that we're better. But we're being tempted because what is on the inside of us. So, so we have to be careful of this. Tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, it's what's in me that matters. Christianity is not a self-help program. Maybe I could just act better. It's a matter of going from being spiritually dead to spiritually alive. It's, it's connecting with God 
through Jesus Christ, realizing that we're forgiven and no longer enemies of God, but now disciples and even children of God. And God, like a loving father, shapes and molds us into the image of his son. So like, like Yoda, God understands the, the danger and the power of the dark side and lovingly warns us to be careful of it, but to walk in the light. So let's fast forward a little bit. In episode four, Luke Skywalker finally, he, he, he learns from uh, Ben Kenobi, who was really Obi-Wan Kenobi. He was a little older at this time. That, that uh, his father, he learns about his father. But, and to protect Luke, what Obi-Wan tells him is that his father was killed by Darth Vader. And so, Luke decides to join the rebellion, to join Obi-Wan and fight against, against the Empire. Now, during his, during his um, training, his Jedi Master training, he has a vision that his friends are going to suffer. And so, just like Anakin, he decides that he wants to stop this thing from happening. Yoda and Obi-Wan tells them to don't do it. You're going to put the whole mission at, 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 at risk, and you should not do it, but continue be patient. But he says, no, i got to help my friends. So he goes, and he decides to confront Vader. Vader whips his butt some kind of bad. He up here, he's limping. He limping, he all bruised up. And on top of that, they get into this lightsaber fight, and Vader, like, cuts his hand off. And so, and so, and after that, Vader asked him, he said, look, did Obi-Wan tell you about your father? And Luke tells him, he says, yes, he told me about, about my father. You killed him. And the famous words that came from Darth Vader, no, Luke, I am your father. And then Luke lets out one of those, no! You can't be my dad. I don't like you. <laughs> so then Vader decides, he decides, hey, you know what? Um, I'm he tries to influence, he tries to influence Luke to join the dark side, to save his friends the same way that the Chancellor used the same kind of influence, the same thing to try to help Anakin save Padme. But Luke refuses. He refuses. He all hurt up, got one arm, and then he, he ends up escaping. He ends up escaping. But the truth is, is that everything changed for Luke that particular day. You see, the light side of the force had changed Luke the same way that the love of God changes us. The light side was based on self-control, justice, and peace. And the Jedi embodied those virtues. I would, I would liken the light side of the force to the Holy Spirit. 2 Timothy 1.7 says that God did not give us the spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. Now, because of the force, when, when Luke encountered Vader, he saw something good in him. He saw something good in him, and he'd hoped to, to get back to his father to turn him back to the light side of the force. So what do you look, what do you see when you look at people, especially people who are in sin? Do you see somebody worthy of love and hope who can be changed by the love of God? Or do you consider them to be exactly what you see them at that current moment? Come on up, man. <laughs> 
the next moment, we see in the next few scenes that Luke decides to go on his mission to get back to his father. After he's had this change of heart, he's going to get back to him and he's going to try to help turn his father back. And so when he finally turns himself in and they bring him to Vader, he says, he calls him father. And Vader says, ah, I see you've accepted the truth. And he says, well, I've accepted the truth that your name is Anakin Skywalker. Vader gets mad at him and he says, that name means nothing to me. But in fact, your name does matter. Because Anakin was who Vader really truly was. And we have to be careful of calling people who, they current, who we see them as they currently are instead of who it is that God really made them to be. You know, think about it. God sees through the muck and the mire to see the person that he all made us to be. He sees who you are, but he sees who you will be in him with the right name and the right relationship. When Jesus encountered Zacchaeus up in the tree, Jesus didn't say, come down here, you thief, you corrupt tax collector. Get your butt down here. Jesus said, come down here, Zacchaeus. I'm going to eat dinner with you tonight and your household. Zacchaeus and his whole entire household become believers. He didn't when he met Peter. He didn't say, come here, you cussing fisherman. Come here. And you going to try to cut somebody's head off, going to miss and hit their ear. He didn't call him that. He calls Peter and says, come follow me. I will make you fishers of men. And truth be told, Jesus doesn't call you by your sin either. But in fact, he calls you and invites you into relationship with him. He died, he lived a life that we couldn't live and he died a death that we should have died. Resurrected and, and earned and defeated death that we could have life and life eternally. And when we receive that love, that's the love that we must give to others. But you can't give what you don't have. That same hope that sent Christ to the cross is the very hope that we have to give to others. I want you to think about it. This is the gospel in bits and pieces. What happens between Luke and Vader. Right when, right when Luke encounters Vader and realizes that he is his father. Up to that point, Luke didn't have a father. He thought his dad was, he thought his father was dead. But now he had a father. Although flawed, he had something that he did not have before. And he loved his father in the condition that he was in and believed that he could be better than what he was. Why is that significant? Because Vader was a murderer. Vader was a villain. Vader in the first move, in the episode four, Blader, Vader, Blader, Vader blew up a planet with people on it. He was ruthless. And on top of that, he cut Luke's hand off. How are we going to be cool after you just finished cutting my hand off? 
but he loved him and he forgave him. And he wanted to see his father turn to the light side of the force. Despite his sins, despite his past. So who do you need to reconcile with today? Who do you need to pray for? Who do you need to believe in? Who is it that you need to intercede for on their behalf that they can be what God wants them to be? This is the gospel, y'all. So when Luke talks to Vader and he tells him he wants him to come back, Vader still tries to get him to turn to the dark side. Luke refuses. Surely you're not going to take me to the chancellor, the emperor. But Vader does. And while they get there, the chancellor tries to get him to turn to the dark side as well. But Luke refuses. And since Luke won't turn, what Vader does is says, well, if you won't turn, your sister will. So then they, Luke starts, they, oh, no, we're going to fight now. We're going to fight. So they start fighting. They start fighting. And Luke beats the brakes off of Vader. Gets him down. And right at where he could deliver the death strike to Vader, the chancellor says, now kill him. Kill him and become my apprentice. The funny thing is that this is the very same thing that the chancellor had told Anakin when Anakin killed his previous apprentice and now the same person is ordering his death sentence Luke puts away his lightsaber and he says no father I will not fight you Chancellor gets mad and he walks up to him and he hits him with that purple lightning Y'all know that 1983 special effects, that purple lightning. And while Luke is dying, Luke is dying, he calls out to his father and he says, Father, save me. And here Vader is. Vader is sitting here. He's conflicted because he's a part of the dark side, but he he knows what is right. Before, he thought he had lost everything. Padme was everything that he that he wanted, that he was fighting for, that he had lost. And now that he had, and now he was seeing his son being killed. And then Vader turns and he grabs the Emperor and throws him over the side of the platform, and the Emperor dies. And Luke is saved. You see, it was the love that Luke had for his father that not only changed who it was that Vader, it it didn't only change what Vader did, but it changed who Vader was. When Vader killed the emperor, Vader himself had taken so much damage that he was about to die. And he takes off his mask in this dramatic moment. and, And he says, and Luke says, look, Father, we can save you. And Vader says, Luke, you already have. That is the love of God. That is the very thing that Christ Jesus 
has done for us. Because if we're all honest, we too have been like Vader. We may not have blown up a planet. We may not have cut anybody's hand off. But if there's been hate in your heart, the word of God says that's as if murder. If we've ever lied, cheated, stolen, if we've ever done those things that we know are sinful, we have ourselves been an enemy to the one who has tried to save us. But today we can turn. Today we can turn from the dark side to the light side. Today we can become a follower of Christ. Even if we've walked away, there's still room at the table for you. It's still got your name on that seat. Thank you again for joining us on the LifeHouse Newport News Podcast. If you're ever in the Hampton Roads area, we'd love for you to join us at one of our live worship experiences at 9 a.m. or 10.30 a.m. at the Regal Kiln Creek Movie Theaters. Until then, feel free to check us out at www.theaterchurchnn.com or on any social media platform. Thank you so much, and God bless.